Mio. My name's Pauline, and I'm the host of Hello, Podcast Year, an Avatar podcast party. Every Wednesday, I'll talk about an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender and highly overanalyze a children's animation TV show from the mid to late 2000s. So, crack open some cactus juice and let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode 8 of Hello, Podcast Year, an Avatar podcast party. I am your host, Pauline. How's everybody doing? Hope you're all doing well, whether you are new to the podcast or if you're returning. I am struggling because (laughs) this weekend was just super busy. We had some family things going on and I just didn't have time to record or, or just do anything. So I am actually recording this on Tuesday. So the day before I release my podcast instead of Sunday. And I usually give myself like two days to edit just because for me editing takes a really long time and I'm very picky about what I do or what I say and today I have to record and edit all in the same night and I'm not looking forward to it. I don't know why I do these things. You know when you do something or you haven't done it yet and then when you're actually doing it you're like why why did I do this to myself and that's that's me right now and I am just I'm struggling a lot Mainly because I have a canker sore, like one of those things where you bite down like on your cheek or in your like under your lip and it just forms into this scar or whatever where like your mouth hurts. For me, it it, I get these like a lot. I feel like I have like a vitamin B deficiency or something. So maybe I'll go and get um, some vitamins because I don't take any probably should. If you take vitamins and you are a female in your mid-20s, let me know. Actually, we all probably have to take different vitamins depending on exercise and lifestyle, I guess. So I'll just look into it myself. I was supposed to go get some today, but I just remembered that I was supposed to. So maybe I'll do that tomorrow. (laughs) But yeah, I get these like once a month, once a month or like once every other month and I don't think that's normal so I don't know maybe I have a vitamin b deficiency but right now I have like numbing gel on it so that I can talk but usually I like my entire bottom row of teeth just like always hurt when I have one of these but you didn't come here to learn about canker sores you came to listen to my episode on book one chapter eight winter solstice part two avatar roku also quick shout out happy zutara week so exciting glad that we have a week um for the record and i think this is hilarious because in i think it was like episode four or three or something i said that i wasn't gonna say what i shipped because i wanted to save it for the end for those that haven't like watched Avatar yet but but then like after episode whatever I just I said it out loud but I love any ship as long as it's not illegal and or incestuous so but yeah happy Zutar week everybody I think it's great that you know this is a thing and that people can showcase their art and I know the Avatar The Lost Airbender YouTube did something about it like they tracked Zutar's like relationship which caused all types of scrutiny and and wars and fights and everything. So I think it's great that they're acknowledging it. And I know 
um, an ex on Netflix, that Twitter account and Instagram account, they've been doing some stuff for it too. So yeah, the happy Zutara week. Katang, I still love Katang as well, but this week it's all about Zutara. So hopefully I don't lose any listeners for that. Like I said, I ship both of them. I ship both of them. I ship both Zutara and Katang and you're probably like, what the heck, you can't do that. I like the idea of both, and I love that Katang is canon, because I think it was just another way to tie up the, the story, but... Anyways, we are not on Sozin's Comet Part 4, we are, are on Winter Solstice Part 2, so I will save the rest of that when I get to that episode, which probably won't be until, like, this time next year, I guess? Because there's 61 episodes, but I actually, I am combining... A couple of them. Like I'm gonna combine Siege of the North parts one and part parts one and two and then I don't know are there parts in in book two? I don't know if anything's split up there, but I'm thinking way too ahead. Anyways, let's get into the actual episode. So Winter Solstice Part Two, Avatar Roku First premiered April 15th, 2005. Writer was Michael Dante DiMartino, one of the co-creators, and directed by Giancarlo Volpe. And animator was DR Movie. I'll do a summary first. So, Aang, Katara, and Sokka travel to the Fire Nation so Aang can finally talk to Avatar Roku, but of course they run into some obstacles along the way. Zhao tries to attack, but they slip past his blockade and arrive at Crescent Island where they meet the Fire Sages and get chased until Shayu, a good fire, fire Nation Sage, Fire Temple Sage? Oh god, I forget. A good Sage leads them into a secret tunnel to the Sanctuary. But after some problems, Aang finally manages to get into the Sanctuary and talk to Roku where he learns about Sozin's Comet and that he has to defeat the Fire Lord before summer's end. Aang then manifests Roku's spirit and destroys the temple, allowing them all to escape. Meanwhile, Zuko follows the gang into Crescent Island and manages to get captured himself. So, three fun facts. So, as of this episode, the gang has officially visited every nation. So, they start out in the Water Tribe, they went to the Southern Air Temple, and then they went to Kiyoshi Island and a bunch of other Earth Kingdom villages. And now... They're in the Fire Nation. They're at Crescent, Crescent Island, which is crazy. So they have officially gone to every nation, which is awesome. Second fun fact, this is the first time we see a previous Avatar take over the body of Aang. So we see that again with Kiyoshi in Avatar Day. And the last fun fact, it's not really fun, but this is the first time we hear and talk about Sozin's Comet, which is an integral part of this entire story. So th some themes and symbolism focused in this episode, obviously war, but uh, destiny is a huge, huge part of, of this episode. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to that part of, of the chapter. But some parallels to other work I don't know, I didn't really see a whole lot. Oh, by the way, I watched Princess Mononoke the other day. Actually, yesterday, which was awesome. So I, <laughs> I just discovered that I have access to HBO Max. Like, I had access this entire time. I had no idea. So I, 
all of those movies are on there. Studio, is it Studio Ghibli or Ghibli? I don't know. I've heard it pronounced both ways. So, but I watched that and it was really awesome. And I watched Spirited Way and I really want to watch that again, but I have, I should watch the rest of the, the movies. But anyways, parallels to other work. Honestly, this reminded me a lot of Harry Potter, like the Dumbledore, Harry Potter, like relationship. It's probably because Roku has like a similar beard and hairstyle as, as Dumbledore, but honestly, it, it's pretty similar, you know? Aang has to defeat the Fire Lord, Harry has to defeat Lord Voldemort, and Roku is supposed to guide Aang along the way and then help him out, which he, you know, which he does. And Dumbledore is, you know, supposed to help Harry. So, and he does. You know, Harry goes kind of into the spirit world, not really, but when he goes to King's Cross after he's supposed to be dead in the seventh book. And he talks to to Dumbledore there to get some more insight. And then he goes back and just defeats Voldemort. But yeah, that that kind of reminded me of, of the relationship. I don't know if anybody else agrees or if, if you think there's another parallel to this story or this episode, let me know. I would love to hear your ideas. But yeah, let's actually get into the episode. I mentioned this in the last episode, but... This starts out with a full moon, even though it's the same night as the last episode, which ended on a crescent moon. What the heck? What's the, what? What is this? I don't know. Probably overthinking it. But guys, it's the same night and the moon went from crescent to full. How is that possible? Anyways. Um... <laughs> Alright, 1 minute 58 seconds. I'm starting this episode out with the Avatar state of confusion. Because here, at 1 minute 58 seconds, Katara is asking Aang not to go into the Fire Nation. Because obviously it's super... It's really dangerous. You, you know, I mean, he's wanted by nearly every... Or I mean, by everybody in the Fire Nation. But when she's talking about this... So Katara and Sokka are you know, further back, a bit closer to the building with the other villagers. And the way that they're drawn, like, freaked me out. Because their noses are gone, and their eyes are, like, super far apart, like, right at their temples. And, and again, they don't have any noses. So I know it's really hard to animate and to draw when the characters are really far back into the horizon, but, like, oh my gosh... This, like, I zoomed in a lot, and I wish I didn't because it haunts me forever. Like, Katara isn't as bad because she's talking, and you can see her mouth, and I think there's, like, a hint of a nose there, but Sokka, oh my god, Sokka looks scary. So, if you want to go back, it's 1 minute 58 seconds. That is my avatar state of confusion. First segment done. Here we go. Um... (laughs) So then we're reminded of the comet. So in the last episode, we see like a, almost like a flashback of, of the comet, but Aang doesn't really know anything about it. So that's why he's going into the Fire Nation. He has to go talk to Roku. And the only way he knows how is to go to his, this temple on Crescent Island and to to find a way to talk to him with the, the solstice. And 
they are pretty far from the Fire Nation, so it's going to take a really long time for them to get there. But uh, Katara and Sokka they decide to join Aang and, and they don't want him to go by himself. And then this is one of the many times that Appa licks Sokka. So he'll do this a lot. Like in the first episode, he got snot all over him and a bunch of other times he'll lick Sokka, which is funny. But Aang starts to thank the villager for giving him supplies and, and how to get there. But the villager just interrupts him. He's just, go! Like, which made me crack up. <laughs> like, every time I see that, I laugh so hard. But, uh, unfortunately, Zuko comes to the village and, like, confronts the guy and asks where the Avatar is going. And, unfortunately, the guy doesn't have a choice and, and tells him that he's going over to Crescent Island to go talk to Roku. But, Zuko, like, you couldn't even let your your uncle get dressed before you go and hunt Aang. Like, what the heck? Like, Iroh is still on, like, the, the Komodo Rhino. And he's, like, still not dressed at all. So, clearly they went here straight from escaping the Earth Kingdom soldiers. Like, Zuko, come on. Like, just let him, let him get dressed. So, the sun is up. There are a lot of clouds in the sky. It looks a lot like the beginning of the last episode where Aang jumps in and tries to land on the cloud, but really it's just water. Iroh is just, is begging Zuko not to go into the Fire Nation. It's a, a terrible idea. Zuko was banished, so if he does go into the Fire Nation empty-handed, like without the Avatar, shit's gonna go down. Like, he is not allowed back into the Fire Nation. But Iroh is, because Iroh is not banished. But Iroh is Zuko's mentor, so that's why he went with him. Here we learn Zuko's age, or maybe he mentioned it before, but either way, Iris says out of the, all your 16 years, so Zuko is 16. And there are only a few people whose ages are revealed, so Zuko is one, Aang is another one, so he's technically 112, but he's really 12. Tom Tom, who is May's little brother is two years old and we'll meet him in uh return to omashu i think yeah and technically we learn may like her age because she says in the episode the beach that she was an only child for 15 years so 15 plus 2 17 so math um <laughs> so Iroh says his brother, so Fire Lord Ozai, is not the understanding type. And when we go into season two, or book two, he also says something pretty similar where he says that Ozai is not the forgiving type. So I or Ozai is just not a good person from what Iroh says most of the time. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, there's a little, little parallel there. But yeah, Iroh is just begging Zuko, please don't do this like don't go but Zuko is really stubborn and you know he's he needs to capture the avatar so he doesn't care doesn't care what's going to happen to him doesn't care that his uncle is begging him and he continues so the music gets even faster when Katara realizes that Zuko's right behind them but Zuko prepares his catapult so that he can launch these like gross 
stenchy fireballs at them. So every Fire Navy ship has a catapult, but Zhao's ships have like a ton. And Zuko's ship, again, is really small, so he only has one. But Iroh, <laughs> I feel like Iroh just carries this fan with him wherever he goes because he brings it out like a lot. <laughs> but then it it just disappears afterwards um, after he uses it. But yeah, these fireballs seem to be really smelly, I guess, and gross. But so they launch it, misses Apo, thank goodness. Um, they also talk about or Iroh says, you know, you're still in Earth Kingdom waters. So I guess the ocean is split up between the nations, particularly Fire Nation and the Earth Kingdom. But, um, oh, yeah. So now Zhao is launching fireballs at them. And one, like, misses them, but it catches Appa's fur on fire. But he is powerful. He is resilient and... Katara, Sokka, and Momo end up putting all the fires out off of him. But uh, Zuko's ship gets hit by one of Zhao's catapult things, the fireballs, and Z Zuko doesn't care. He he doesn't care if the ship is about to blow up. He needs to go to the Avatar, and he doesn't care about the safety of his ship or any of the people on it, even though his engineer is clearly asking him, like, we need to stop, but... We'll see a lot more of that dynamic in The Storm, which is a, such a good episode. I love that episode so much, mainly because it has a lot of backstory on, on Zuko. And I think that was the first time I personally started to feel really bad for him. But we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> Sokka somehow falls off of Appa's saddle and just lands it looks like he lands on the cloud but really he just he falls through but somehow they were able to catch him and as he's falling he has like these tears in his eyes and then right after he gets comfortable on Appa's saddle he gets hit in the face with the with a fish that Momo leaps up and and catches which is so funny because obviously they gotta they gotta eat something so <laughs> Momo caught dinner for them so they're flying really low, like right on the water, and Zhao launches one last fireball, and Aang manages to extinguish it with his foot, which is so cool. They're able to get through the Fire Nation, they're in disbelief, and then it's smooth sailing from there. So you can see that they get there like in the afternoon, like pretty late. But ooh, when Zuko passes through the look that he exchanges with the Zhao is super intense like these two really hate each other like what the heck my question is and if anybody is an expert on these types of ships how did Zhao's ships manage to stop that quickly so that Zuko could pass through like I, I really thought it took more than that to make them stop like I, in my head Zhao had to give the command to his ship, then that guy had to go tell all the people that are powering the ship to stop, and then somehow also had to go tell the other ship to stop. Like, I don't understand. I don't. So if anybody is an expert in ships, let me know. 
So now they get to Crescent Island, which has a volcano erupting. I guess it's a permanent eruption. I don't know. But they get to the Fire Sage Temple. They think it's abandoned, but it's definitely not. So a little bit about the Fire Sage Temple. So it's a five-tiered pagoda that is based off of the Yellow Crane Tower in Wuhan, China. The temple uses firebending, a lot of firebending, in order to operate, you know, doors and, and the sanctuary. It was originally made so that fire sages could seek refuge. And Avatar Roku actually ended up living here for a couple of years when he was somewhat, not somewhat new to the Avatar, but when he was, like, in the process of becoming, you know, master of all elements. But he came here so that he could master the Avatar state, and it did not go very well. <laughs> it was in... Where did I see this? Oh, so it was in Avatar The Lost Episode. I just searched it in YouTube, so if you can look it up. I don't know where this episode's from. I guess it was like an extra thing on Nick.com or like a video game. I don't know, but... So... In that episode, Roku explains that he actually destroyed the temple <laughs> as he was trying to master the Avatar state. So he was really impatient when he was trying to do this. Like, he just, he couldn't get it. And he, he ended up using the celestial calendar light so that it triggered the Avatar state within him. But... Unfortunately, when that happened, he didn't know how to get out of the Avatar state. So he ended up blowing up a pretty big portion of the temple. But at that time, I mean, luckily he was able to earthbend, so he just rebuilt it. But when he did that, he used lava bending to bend the magma and stuff so that he could make secret passages um, between it. So that's a little bit about the temple, in case you wanted to know a little bit more about it. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool. But yeah, I recommend trying to find that lost episode. I can see if I can find it for you guys. But um, but yeah, back to the actual episode. So they go into the temple. There's a lot of different places that they can go. But then we meet the Fire Sages. And they're supposed to be loyal to the Avatar. But they actually really hate Aang. Because they're actually loyal to the Fire Lord now. So they're running away. They are just running all throughout the temple. They have no idea where they're going. But one of the sages named Shayu is good. And he explains that he is loyal to the Avatar and that he knew that Aang was coming and that he knew that he had to betray the others to help him. So Shayu is voiced by Michael Yama. So why didn't I not do more research on Michael? I'll have to see what else Michael is in, but Shayu kind of has a kind of a sad past, I guess. So his grandfather, Kaja, was the, the fire sage that trained Roku to master the Avatar state. So unfortunately, you know, the temple was blown up, but he wasn't harmed. So, but yeah, his grandpa helped the Avatar and now he's helping the Avatar, which is cool. So, yeah, the or his grandfather still believed in the Avatar, you know, when he died and remained loyal to him. And then his father, or Shayu's father, was also um, 
a fire sage, but his father publicly opposed the Fire Lord and was unfortunately executed. So Shayu was left an orphan and was raised by the fire sages, but he never felt close to them, never felt that way of, you know, supporting the Fire Lord and being loyal to him. So that's why he's helping out Aang, because he is still good. But some spoilers if you haven't looked at the comics or if you haven't read them, specifically Smoke and Shadow, feel free to skip over this. But um, after the Hundred Year War, Shayu makes an appearance in Smoke and Shadow and Zuko made him a great, or made him the great sage and leader of the High Temple. So we do see him in Smoke and Shadow, and he wants to. He always asks <laughs> Zuko to participate in like meditation with him, but Zuko always denies. But yeah, Shayu's there. Shayu's alive and well, which is awesome. Yeah, but Shayu leads him through a secret door. That can only be opened with firebending. And this tunnel then leads them to the sanctuary up at the top of the building. So they go through a lot of stuff. Like a lot of tunnels and spiral staircases. Which looked like a lot of steps. I would not want to walk through that. Because that was, that was a lot. But <laughs> Then they get to the door of the sanctuary and it's shut and Shayu is like super surprised and you know from what we can tell like the doors are typically open but I guess on the solstice it's it's shut um but the door is pretty similar to the air tumble and the way that it's animated is kind of similar to except for the fact that you have to use fire bending to open it instead of air bending but <laughs> this is funny this is great I love how Sokka and how they did this with the animation, like the, the light above him as a light bulb when he comes up with this idea. It's just, it's great. <laughs> uh, so we flip back to Zuko and he is on his tiny boat that is a bit faster than his regular ship. And says that he's gonna, you know, use the smoke to cover him from Zhao. But Zhao is pretty smart and doesn't fall for it, but... But then it flips back to Sokka and him explaining his, his plan about how he's going to, you know, put these bags from animal skin or whatever into the holes and Shayu is going to light them on fire and they're going to blow up as if they were, or as if they were firebending. So, like, where did Sokka get these bags from? And where did he get his rope from? Like, what? I guess he just carries all of this all the time. Maybe. I don't know. But, <laughs> so, the animal skin bags are in the holes. Sokka is hiding behind Katara for the explosion and is bracing himself. Which is just hilarious to me. Like, he's hiding behind his little sister. But so or Katara is pretty, pretty brave and pretty powerful. So, understandable. It was a good trick, but unfortunately it did not work. But it looks like it worked, which was really cool. So the sages think that he, or that he, that Aang was able to get the rube when really he wasn't. So Shayu leads them over and just says, oh, he's in there. Like you can see him and you can see a shadow underneath the door. But what's it called? Oh yeah. So they, five of them firebend 
and the dragons on the the sanctuary door start to move. But really, what's behind the door is just Momo. And Momo attacks, he takes the hat of the fire sage, or I guess he's the great sage. And one thing that I think is pretty funny, I don't know if they do it a lot in the actual show, but in the comics, Momo is kind of obsessed with with hats, especially Bosco, the Earth King Kuei's bear. He just, like, he tries to steal his hat in, like, every comic, but... I just thought this was really funny. So, the plan worked, but unfortunately, Zuko got there and captured Aang. But not for long. So, Aang does some tricks, steps on people's heads, and he's able to get into the the sanctuary door. And it is sealed shut. Crazy. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we will talk about Roku. mistake of watching a really emotional video it was like a compilation of Aang talking about being the last airbender and then flipping over to Korra when all of the airbenders arrive after harmonic convergence so I'm emotional I posted it onto my Instagram story so if you want to watch it go ahead my gosh I'm so sad right now (laughs) So they use the music from Korra when she goes into the Avatar state for the first time. And oh my god, like my goosebumps, they just, they raise like every single time I hear it, like with the violins and then when it just kind of blows up and oh my gosh, that song is so, the music in general in Korra is so good. And I'm so excited for it to come onto Netflix because I'm not going to watch anything else besides Avatar and Korra. So, anyways, we're not here to talk about Korra. That's next year. We are back. So, we meet Roku for the first time. Aang finally is able to talk to him. The celestial light hits Roku's eyes or whatever, the statue, and they are able to talk to one another. So, Roku is voiced by James Garrett. James primarily voices Alfred in the Batman animations. He was also in Titanic and a bunch of other stuff. Roku, or James, is also the narrator, narrator in quotes, um, when Avatar does the the flashbacks in the beginning where it's like previously on Avatar, like that's Roku, or James Garrett, I should say. But yeah, they're able to connect. Aang is super happy. Zhao, but on the other side of the door, Zhao, manages to track down Zuko and shows up and he captures not only Shayu but also Zuko. Shayu is still uh, talking about, or Zuko asks why he betrays like the sages or whatever and Shayu explains himself and says that, you know, it was once our duty to be loyal to the fire or to the avatar but it's still his duty or it's still the sage's duty. Despite all the other sages being loyal to the Fire Lord, but whatever. One thing I noticed here, like when Zhao walks in, and then, like when it pans to like the rest of the room and whatever, like there's an inconsistent amount, um, amount of Fire Nation guards. 
which is weird. And I know I'm stuttering a lot right now. <laughs> and it's because I put more of that numbing gel on my kinker sore, but I accidentally cut some of the numbing gel on my tongue and my lips. So I like, I'm having a really hard time talking. So, <laughs> oh my God, this, this podcast is going to be a mess. Holy crap. But you know what? I don't have enough time to edit, so I'm just going to keep going with it. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna try our best here. <laughs> so it flips back to Aang and Roku. Roku's talking a little bit about, you know, why he called him over there or why he sent his dragon over to him. And then Roku starts talking about the comet. But as he's talking and as Aang is responding, like, their, their mouths are not matching up with the dialogue. And... I don't know why it like really bothered me <laughs> like what the heck I've I just I've uh who knows <laughs> um but yeah so the comet he tells him more about it it's Sozin's comet this the comet makes firebenders stronger and it first arrived like 100 years ago and Sozin used it to wipe out the air nomads which was really, really sad. But the comet is coming again 100 years after its arrival, which means that it will be coming in the summer. So it's a winter solstice, which means it's the first day of winter, so it's December, so he has until summer's end, which I guess is September 21st? 20th? I don't know. I don't know what time that is or what day that is, but summer's end is basically when the comet is coming... So my question is, like, if the comet comes every hundred years, doesn't that mean that a comet's going to come when Korra's the Avatar? Like, when she's 50 years old? I wonder if anybody did anything about that. Like, if there was another uprising of Fire Nation people, maybe the Ozai loyalists or whatever. Like, people that just can't get over the fact that Ozai was defeated. I don't know. I digress. So I think, I think this is the first time we see Ozai, even though it's just a silhouette, which honestly, I love that they do that and that they don't reveal Ozai until season or until book three when Zuko returns to the Fire Nation. Like how menacing is that? Like we, we don't see the villain's face until book three like two seasons pass by and we still don't see his face like in the storm we see him we hear him talk and but it's still a silhouette we don't see his face which i think is so scary but it's really cool at the same time <laughs> but yeah roku roku hits ang with the facts like and just lays his destiny out in front of him and he tells him that he needs to master all four elements and defeat fire lord o fire lord ozai by the end of the summer before the comet arrives like how daunting is that and ang is only 12 years old it takes years to master all four elements and he's expected to do it in less than a year like, he has, like, nine months, basically, to, to do all of this. Like, he hasn't even learned waterbending. But we get to that in the next episode. But, wow. Like, it, it takes years to, to learn 
any type of or all types of, of bending like with roku it took him 12 years so primarily when you're the avatar like you're told that you're the avatar on your 16th birthday or like when you turn 16 and then afterwards that's when you start your your avatar journey so roku and we'll learn this in the avatar and the fire lord episode in book three he is gone for 12 years so it took him 12 years to master all four elements and the avatar state like wow wow Aang has nine months to do it like wow and he's only 12 i mean 112 but 12 wow what the heck and he hasn't even mastered like his spiritual side yet like he accidentally got to the the spirit world in the last episode like he doesn't know how but so ang you know asks roku like how am i supposed to talk to you like and roku's like you'll find a way because i'm a part of you as the rest of the uh i almost said kyoshi warriors why did i say that as well as the other avatars are like kyoshi and and yang chen and we see korok later on and yeah which is pretty cool so ang then figures out how to talk to roku like they're communicating to each other with their eyes closed and this is the first time we see ang talk while he's in the fire or in the fire state (laughs) let's try that again this is the first time that ang talks during the avatar state or while he's in it which is cool but it's also really scary at the same time because you hear his voice but then you hear all the other avatars previous to him and it's just all these all these people talking at one time which is so scary but we hear him do it again in when do we see him again oh in siege of the north when he merges with the other koi fish the ocean spirits and then we we hear him do it again in in the episode the avatar state maybe but we definitely hear him do it like while they're they're in the desert when they lose Appa. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea how I'm going to get through those episodes because those episodes are so hard to get through. I don't even know how I'm going to take notes. Maybe I should just record while watching at the same time. That way it's not planned beforehand and that it's all real. I digress. I'm starting to feel my mouth again, which is good. <laughs> but here we go. Next segment of the podcast the hbic moment the head badass in charge moment here it is and i don't think this is a a surprise to anyone but roku basically or ang manifests roku's body and just takes over so the door opens and zhao and his men are there ready to attack and they firebend at him but Roku just kind of spins it into a little, or not a little, into a big ball and just blows it out them. Blows it at them. And the chains that Katara and Sokka and Shayu are, are tied with, and Zuko, they all burn. So now they're able to escape. And oh, Roku just emerges. And it's like everybody is in shock. Like the look of fear in Zhao's eyes is amazing like i was shocked when i first saw this like holy shit like this 
<sighs> this this moment is amazing. I think it's it's so great. The music matches up so well. No surprise there. But then Roku like looks at the fire sages and you can just tell how angry he is at them. Like they are supposed to be loyal to the Avatar and here they are trying to capture him. They're on Zhao's side and the Fire Lord's side. Like how could you? And he just looks at them and he says, he says fuck you traitors. Like and he destroys their temple. So he lava bends and the lava shoots up into the, the ceiling, which is so cool. Like lava, so lava bending is not a form of fire bending. It is a form of earth bending, kind of like metal bending, which is really cool. Pretty rare, but Roku can do it, which is really cool. And what else happens? Oh yeah, so Katara and Sokka stay behind. The solstice ends and Roku, you know, spirit, you know, goes away and now it's back to Aang. So Aang is technically in the Avatar state, which is how Roku was able to, you know, emerge as his body. But when Aang, like when it goes back to Aang, like only his eyes are glowing, but not his tattoos, even though he's technically in the Avatar state. So I was a little confused by that. Maybe it's because Roku doesn't have tattoos and it's just his eyes that glow. So yeah, they're trying to run away. And there's no way of escaping because this statue, or statue, this temple is coming down. But Appa and Momo, so clearly Momo escaped and got Appa, you know, from wherever he was parked. And, <laughs> or wherever they left him. He's probably sleeping or eating. And they, they come to the rescue and they're able to catch them. Shayu is unfortunately nowhere to be found. But we later see that he was captured by Zhao as are the rest of the, the sages. But what I love about this and when Appa and Momo come is that Momo still has the great sage's hat on. And <laughs> when they're on Appa, he like pops up from the saddle and you can still see that he's he's wearing it. So, <laughs> But Zuko also manages to get to escape, but all the sages do not. And they all get arrested despite Shayu only being the one to side with the avatar. But... The episode ends in a very sad way, I guess. You know, there's a bunch of clouds that are dark. The full moon, again, it's it's huge and they're flying towards it. And you just see their, their silhouettes kind of float away into the moon. And Aang is, you know, on his knees. He's, he looks really sad. But you see Katara and Sokka end up comforting him and hugging him. And that's how the episode ends, which is great. This episode is so good. I love it just because, I mean, that scene with Roku was just so awesome. But yeah, that that's my recap of this episode. I think, oh god, this episode's really good. I really like it. I don't know what the rating is. Maybe I should start saying what the IMDb rating is for, for each episode. Because, like, the lowest, I think, for all of them... No surprise, it's a great divide, but it's not even that bad of a rating. I think it's like a 7.1 or something. So I will take a look at what the rating is for this. But yeah, this episode, I, I think it's so good. It's not one of like, not one of like my top favorite episodes, but 
I would say for season one, it's definitely one of my top favorites. A lot of Giancarlo's episodes are are my favorite for some reason, but that's also because he directed the most episodes. Um, but yeah, that's the end of Winter Solstice Part 2, Avatar Roku. So what's your opinion on this episode? Was it one of your favorites? Um, what did you think of Avatar Roku? Because this is the first time we actually talked to him. I know there's a lot of opinions on Roku out there. Some people think he's like a really shitty Avatar. Some people think he's great. So let me know what you think about, about Roku. And um, what else? I'm trying to think of other questions to ask you guys. Uh... About Zuko, do you think it was smart of him to go into Fire Nation waters and to trespass even though he's banished? Like, do you think it was smart of him to do that or do you think he was really stupid? I'm I'm kind of in, in the middle with that. Um, yeah, let me know your, your answers to these questions. And again, Instagram, Twitter, email, whatever it is. I will be posting again tomorrow just so that you can... You'll know, obviously, this by tomorrow, I mean Wednesday when this is released. So I'll be posting on Instagram. So feel free to comment there as well. I'll, I'll post these questions there. Okay, I looked it up. This episode has an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which is really good in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's a good rating. So Messenger Hawks. For this week, and again, Messenger Hawks are the notes and messages that are submitted from listeners like yourself. So I got one from Cole. So Cole, thank you so much for, for listening. Your note was so nice and so sweet. So he's a huge fan of the Avatar universe and he, you know, listens to the podcast. He he watches, you know, the shows, obviously, and uh, reads the, the Kyoshi novels and also watches the Honor Society stream. So if you don't know Honor Society, um, it's the Twitch live stream that Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko, does with his two friends, Justin and Bridget, every Friday at 3 p.m. PST. So they didn't do one this past week. They took a break, but this week they should be starting book two. So really exciting. Um, a lot of the times they'll have some guests on the show, like the the one that I was able to join had uh, Olivia Hack who voiced Ty Lee, and then they had um, Jack DeSena, who voiced Sokka, and Giancarlo Volpe, one of the directors. So, really cool. So, if you haven't streamed or watched them on their stream, I definitely recommend. Even, like, I also watch a lot of their, um, like, not their avatar streams like bridget does spooky saturdays which is really fun where she plays like a spooky game uh they also every wednesday i think it's uh dante and justin watch league of, or play league of legends so i watched that the other day and i had no idea what was going on because i've never seen league of legends i, I don't really know a whole lot about it so yeah that was my first exposure to to league so but yeah Shout out Honor Society. They're great. So watch their streams. They should be streaming this Friday, which is really exciting. But anyways, back to Cole's message. He actually asked me three questions. So the first one, would you rather have an adult gang series or a Kyoshi series based on the novels? 
cold. This was a tough question. Oh my god. This is really tough. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to see a Kyoshi series. Like, probably like a mini or like a limited series just because Kyoshi's great. We didn't get to see a whole lot of her in the show and even in Korra, like, we don't get to see like a whole lot of her either. And Kyoshi's a badass like she lived to what like 230 years old so i would just i would love to see her in action and i've just i've heard such good things about the novels i have them ordered but they haven't come yet so hopefully they come soon i don't know but <laughs> i gotta read them but i just i've heard nothing but fantastic things about them so maybe you know a limited series or like a, a small mini series would be would be really cool because kiyoshi's lived a very interesting life like for those of you that don't know too much about her like she discovered that she was the avatar really late and she was basically like a homeless orphan like her parents were were like criminals i think and you know they had her they had you know mom gave birth to her and they were parents for a little while but then they like missed being criminals i guess so they just left her with her mom's belongings which end up being the Kyoshi warrior outfit and yeah so she was left to be an orphan from like a really young age but then this airbending like monk took her in and Kyoshi basically had her own version of like her own team avatar which is really cool so I would love to see a miniseries about Kyoshi I mean, an adult gang series would be really cool, too. My only thing with that is, like, obviously, Mike and Brian have specifically said that, you know, Aang's story is, is done. Like, not going to see anything else past book three, which I understand, and I want to respect that. Um, but if they were to do, like, a one-off, like, adult gang series, um, I would I'd like to see how... And again, spoilers if you haven't seen The Legend of Korra, but I would like to see how Sokka and Zuko partnered with the White Lotus to protect Korra when she was a child. Because the Red Lotus tried to kidnap and kill her, like Zaheer and Plea and the lady with the, the no arms. But I'm forgetting her name right now, but um, I would like to see something along those lines. And I know, like, obviously Aang would not be alive, which would be really sad, but... It sounds like a really interesting story. And, and Zuko talks about it a little bit in Korra. But, and I've, I've seen some, like, fan art about it. Like, just, it sounds really cool. But if anybody has a fan fiction on it, let me know. Because I would love to read that. And I'm always looking for fun fan fictions, like, of any kind. Please send me anything. I know it's Zutara Week, so I'm trying to read through... Zutara Week 2020 on AO3 and fanfiction.net right now, but if anybody has cool fanfictions or if you've written one and you want people to read it, let me know. I would love to to post it, but yeah, if if it were to be an adult gang series, I think I would want to see um, how Sokka and Zuko protected Korra when Zaheer and the Red Lotus tried to kidnap her and kill her. So, second question. If there was a Kyoshi series, do you think it should be as violent as the first book? And do you think it'd be better as a live action or an animation? 
So again, my book has not come yet, but I did watch a YouTube video on all of it. And it really does sound violent. Like a lot of shit happens to Kyoshi, which is again so sad. Like she has such a story. So, like I said, I mentioned this like a long time ago, but in between, like once I'm done my podcast on Avatar and before I start my podcast on Legend of Korra, I'm gonna do a podcast on the um, comics, and I'll also do one on the Kyoshi novels because I think those are really cool and really important. So, I mean. From what I read, or what I... So, it I guess it depends. Like, if they did do a limited series or a series on Kiyoshi, and if it was done, like, by Nickelodeon, I highly doubt they would make it as violent as it is in the novels. But then again, we did watch Zaheer literally suck the air out of the Earth Queen, which was really violent, so... Um, but if the violence is an integral part in the story... I personally would hope that they could keep it in, but if they're aiming for, you know, a, a children audience, I, I would say, or, or, you know, young people, then I doubt that they would keep that in. But, and do I think it would be better as a live action or animation? Um, I don't know. I'm a sucker for animation. I, I have such an appreciation for animation, so it would be really cool if they did it like that. But it's just so tricky with live action because you have to get the casting right. And we all know, you know, casting is definitely a pretty big uh, topic with within this fandom, I guess. Um, you know, we definitely want the casting to be done right with, with the Avatar live action. So, and I have no doubt that they, they will get that right if they haven't cast it already. But yeah, I, th- I just think live action would be more difficult. It would be more expensive. But I just, I love animation. So <laughs> it would be really cool if it was animated. Uh, Cole asked one last question, which I love. Uh, do your friends, family, or significant other know how obsessed you are with Avatar? Yes, they do. It, it almost feels like, like in Mean Girls when she says like word vomit. Like I feel like I, ha- like I just bring up Avatar so much in my conversations in daily life. Besides work, I don't really talk about it at work just because... I just, I, I don't talk about work at all. Or I don't talk about Avatar at work at all just because work is a totally separate thing. But yeah, I talk about Avatar a lot. Hence why I started this podcast because I just, I felt like I was bothering all of them and I didn't want to keep talking about it with them. So I thought, why not just record myself, talk about it, but let other people listen. So, um, but yeah, a lot of times like I'll be watching avatar and my boyfriend will come home he's like are you you're, again like you're you're watching it again I'm, I'm gonna put you in in rehab or something like that so um i'm always watching and my friend ashley she'll like send me a picture of like the, the newest book that she's reading she reads a ton of books which is awesome but i'll respond to her with a picture of like my tv screen or my laptop and it's an episode of avatar she's like are you watching again so like yes yes i am I am watching again, and you know what? I am proud of it, and I know that I am not alone at all in my my obsession. And, you know, as, as I watch, I know everybody else is watching too, so... And y'all better keep watching, because I think that Avatar is out of the top ten of Netflix. But that doesn't really matter. We broke the record, which is awesome. So, thanks, Cole, for your messenger hawks. 
awesome. And my friend Kevin sent me one also, but I answered it in his DM, but I'll put it in here too. Um, he asked, would you prefer the comics made into an anim- into animated episodes or would I prefer completely new stories? <sighs> this is another really hard question because like the comics are meant to be just that. Like they're meant to be comics. So if it came down to it, I'd love to see new stories. Like that'd be really cool. Like probably one on Iroh's backstory just because I know that they were originally going to do that, but didn't really fit in with, you know, the rest of the, the show. So I do have the book, like the Legacy of the Fire Nation that details a lot about him, but the book is written as a journal by Iroh that he gives to Zuko. So it's not entirely the same about him. Like he educates him a lot on like, the Fire Nation itself, but, um, but the, the comics are great. Like, I would love to see some of the stuff in, in the Lost Adventures animated because <laughs> I, I love the, epi- the the comic centered around Sokka. Like, there's one where Sokka is Wang Fire and he accidentally joins the Fire Nation army and then he <laughs> like, he sacrifices himself, whatever, and then the entire army just like mourns the loss of Wang Fire, which is just Oh, it's so funny. It's <laughs> If you haven't read that comic yet, I highly suggest that you do. There's also one, I talk about this one a lot, like where it's after Crossroads of Destiny and Azula and Zuko, May, and Tai Lee are still in Ba Sing Se as they prepare to go home. And Zuko and May are walking through the streets of Ba Sing Se and they run into Jin, which is the girl that he went on a date with in Tales of Zuko. And she's like, Lee? Like, what happened? Like, you're here? And he... Zuko's hilarious. Like, he tells her that May was also in the traveling circus that he was in. And May's talent was throwing knives. And she demonstrates on Zuko with, like, an icicle. And then she she teaches Jin how to throw an icicle. And... (laughs) She, he, Zuko, like, almost dies because it's about to pierce him, like, in the head or something like that. It was just, oh, that's a really good comic, too. But I would personally want to see the search into, like, go into an animated series or maybe, like, a like a mini movie, I guess. Because it's so good and it's the one thing that everybody just, like, was left hanging, like, after avatar ended like what happened to zuko's mom and we finally do learn about it in in the search and i just think it would be really cool to see azula interact with all of them after after the finale because as everybody knows like azula gets put into like a psychiatric institution in the fire nation and azula and again spoilers if you haven't read the search or know anything about it like Zuko lets Azula out so that they can both go find their mom, Ursa. And Azula has to travel on, like, with them on Appa. And it's just, as you can probably assume, it doesn't really go well, like, the entirety of the trip. But it's just cool to see Zuko and Azula's relationship in it because, I don't know, because Zuko is obviously a, a changed person, but... Azula's also been in a psych ward for 
it's it's I think it's a year or maybe two years after Sozin's Comet. So it's been a while, like, since we last saw her. So that will be really cool to see. But yeah, those are the questions that I had this week or, or my messenger hawk. So thanks again. If you have something else that you want to say for next week. So we're watching uh, The Waterbending Scroll. So good episode. I love that one. But if you if you have anything you want to send me for next week, definitely in like Instagram, Twitter, email, anything like that. Um, some quick last minute things. Oh, shoot. I was going to bring up something, but I totally forgot what it was going to be. Oh, so Toph now has her own standalone comic coming out in February of 2021. Another one by Dark Horse Comics, by Faith Hicks, and um, drawn by Peter Wartman. But yeah, it's about her metal bending academy, which is really exciting. So take a look for that. You can pre-order it now, I believe. Um and then Katara has her own standalone comic. I'm sure everybody knows about that, but that's coming out in the fall of this year. Uh, I think it's about Katara becoming a pirate, which is really cool. So, um, yeah, check those out if if you're interested. I think that's the, all I wanted to talk about were the two standalone comics for Toph and Katara. But, yeah, so that's the end of episode eight of hello podcast here so tune in next week while i talk about the waterbending scroll where we finally see what happens to katara's necklace and we see ang waterbend for the very first time actually no the second time because he waterbent while he was in the avatar state in the second episode but either way the first official time that ang himself is waterbending thanks again for listening and i will see you next week Thanks for listening in and sending me things to talk about. Write an email to hellopodcasthere at gmail.com for any questions, feedback, or things you want to hear about for future episodes. Follow me on Instagram at hellopodcasthere and on Twitter at atlapodcast. That's A-T-L-A podcast for all the latest updates. My website is coming soon. Disclaimers, I am not associated with Nickelodeon, Avatar The Lost Airbender, The Legend of Korra, or anything related to the contents discussed in this podcast. I'm not being paid to talk about or promote Avatar The Lost Airbender, I'm just a fan of the show. Hello Podcast Here, an Avatar Podcast Party is created using the Anchor app.